Hello everyone, welcome back. We're gonna get into it today. We're gonna really delve deep into a lot of things and this has been a, a highly requested episode for quite some time um, because I do talk very openly about healing work, about uh, trauma healing, about subconscious healing, you know, every facet that makes up really getting back to the most authentic version of yourself who you were before all of the stuff all of the happenings of your life influenced you and and changed your patterns and gave you triggers and trauma responses and we're going to get into all of that but before we delve in um i want to give a trigger warning first off if you have children around, I do not think that this episode is appropriate for them. There's going to be a lot of topics that are discussed that are just a little bit heavy for young ears and young minds. So I would maybe wait until you can be alone and really integrate this into, you know, how it can impact and affect your life. And the part two to that is I am going to give basically ever trigger every trigger warning that you can possibly have with this episode because the subject matter, like I said, is very heavy. Um, there's going to be a lot of topics that come up that were experiences that I had that could be really, really triggering for people. And that is, everything happens at your own time. You know, there are some things that took me years to be able to talk about or even accept um, and it's all a process, it's all a journey. So if this is something that you're just not ready for, just bookmark it for a later time when this information isn't going to set you into a spiral. But if you feel that you are curious and ready to kind of learn some of the, the techniques and the tactics that have worked for me, being a guinea pig to all of this, then then I got you. Every single thing that I'm going to share here is based on real life experience from, from real situations. You know, a lot of it I learned through a very specific type of therapy. A lot of it I've learned through other modalities that we're going to discuss as well. And a lot of research and a lot of just curiosity about, you know, what works, what actually helps you, um, to to not only accept and move past these things that have happened to you but really integrate them into who you are so it doesn't become such a shameful part i think one of the hardest things about trauma is that you tend to carry a lot of shame and a lot of heaviness with it and does it mean that it's not sad if you choose to approach it differently no like i a hundred percent look at everything that happened to me and say that was really sad that was really fucked up it's so not fair that I experienced that but I don't carry it with any sense of shame or guilt or um I don't hide it anymore you know I used to hide it for years as a form of self-preservation I didn't want anyone to treat me differently I didn't want anyone to look at me differently I did I hated when I would tell people just like a hint of what I'd been through and they would get that pity look on their face and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's, And I know they didn't mean anything by it. I know it was coming from a good place, a place of compassion and empathy. But I just never liked that I was looked at differently and treated differently 
once I told people what I'd been through. So I kept it very, very close and very private as a guard, as a defense mechanism, as a people can have certain parts of me, but they can never have all of me because they can exploit this or treat me differently or look at me with pity. And I don't want that. And it was through actually working on healing all of this trauma, all of the sexual abuse, all of the mental abuse, the emotional abuse, everything that occurred, it was through healing everything that I actually found a lot of acceptance for it. And it made it lose its power when I started to kind of integrate it into part of my identity it's not who I am it doesn't define me but it's not something I'm going to treat with shame or look at it with disgust or disgrace because like the reality is it happened and and I think it gives a lot of grace and forgiveness for all parties involved when you can take the emotion out of it but that comes first with healing and accepting it so that is really what I'm going to be covering today um I kind of need to start at the at the beginning a little bit because there were certain things that were kind of the the beginning catalyst to learning about how to actually deal with the shit you've been through and not just bury it down so I've talked kind of openly about this before but when I was a child I was being sexually abused by a member of my family at a very very young age and I didn't really know how to accept that when I got older because my first thought was, well, then why don't I really remember it? It was like when I was 17, 18 years old, all of a sudden I started having these kind of blurry memories of it happening and I didn't understand it. I didn't understand how how I could have experienced something so massive that seems like it should be such a big memory for me and something I, I should have, you know, gone to um, someone in a higher authority about and said, hey, this is happening. Please stop it. But that never happened. I never went to my therapist and said, I'm being abused by my family member. Can you please help me stop it? Like, there was nothing like that. And as I got older from the point where I was 17, 18 years old when I first started having those very blurry kind of memories, I recognized that there had always been a feeling. There had always been something that my body was trying to tell me. My body was communicating the trauma before my brain ever did. I had chronic UTIs as a young child. I had so many UTIs that they thought that I had kidney problems and did ultrasounds and my kidneys apparently were fine. Um, They just couldn't figure out why. And I do recall one nurse at my pediatrician's office going to my mom and saying, hey, she's, this is kind of like textbook for sexual abuse. And then my therapist at the time confirmed it as well. Um, but I had no memory of it. I had no memory of the things that were happening. And knowing that now has kind of helped me give a lot of grace to myself for 
not speaking up about something that I, I didn't even have the brain matter to comprehend because when you are that young, when you are a young child especially and you have something that is too traumatic for your, your mind to process, it will literally block everything that's happening and store it until you are at an age or a mental capacity to handle it. And I did not know that this was possible until I got into therapy and I was talking to my therapist and I said, why do I have these kind of blurry memories, but I can't, I didn't remember it until this event and it seemed like it was a trigger for this. And she said, that's what happens in a lot of especially child sexual abuse or child physical abuse cases, they will not remember. They will block out whole entire months, years of their life and not remember anything from that time because it was so traumatic that your brain literally like shuts off and it's like this is too much for us to handle. And I think that's something really, really, really important to keep in mind with all of this. Everything that your brain and your body do is trying to protect you. Your cells are literally hardwired to do the best for you. And what often gets messed up is that your body is operating like it is doing best for you, like it's protecting you. But a lot of times these responses that it gives, they are hindering more than they're helping. So just have a lot of grace for yourself and remember that whenever you get into this kind of work. That everything that your body does as an auto response is to try and protect you and take it slow and and take it at the pace you need to go. So back to the physical aspects. <laughs> Those were the physical signs when I was younger and as I started to get a little bit older when the abuse was ramping up again, I had these chronic migraines these chronic stress migraines that would make me throw up. And I almost failed the sixth grade because of it. And I had so many of them and I was out of so many days of school that I had to go in for a CT scan to see if I had a brain tumor when I was 11, 12 years old. And of course, at the time, you know, they didn't tell me, my parents didn't tell me that. Um, But it was just suspicious that I was having so many migraines that were making me so violently ill. And I went in for my CT scan, of course, you know, no tumor. I was, <laughs> I was just really, really stressed out. And again, the doctors were saying this is an abnormal level of stress for a child this young. Like, what is going on? And I started to kind of suspect that there were other things happening. I, there was this like inherent knowing, even though I didn't know, even though I didn't have specific memories, even though I didn't have anything that really indicated to me what was going on because I didn't know why my body was reacting this way. I was a kid. I just thought, well, I'm sick. I'm just a sick person. You know, I've got lots of things happening that are leading to illnesses and one of the second most important thing I learned, um, there's actually a fantastic book about this. It's called The Body Keeps Score. And turns out when you just bury and bury and bury and bury and store all this trauma, your body is feeling it all and it's responding to it all. So the people that are walking around on this earth thinking, 
if I just act like it didn't happen, then it's fine. If I just act like it didn't happen, then it's 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 not real. That's not reality. People with any kind of significant trauma that happened when they were children are way more likely to develop some kind of chronic disease, some kind of chronic condition, chronic problem. I can say that this is 100% true for me. I struggled with chronic disease for three years and one of the biggest integral parts in healing it was healing myself, healing my trauma, healing my mental state, healing my emotional state and kind of redoing everything that I had learned about how to deal with it at that point. So I was really sick as a kid. My body stopped being physically sick when the abuse stopped as I got older unfortunately that's a really that's always like is a really really sad thing for me to say but it's true when I got to a certain age the abuse stopped because I was too old and at that point I was entering my preteen and teen years and I still don't know how much of it was the sexual abuse or the the mental and emotional abuse that was occurring um, in my other household but there was so there was so much happening to my mind at this time with all of these people in my life, all of my parents, my family that were supposed to protect me and care for me and provide for me and and you know, be there, be a parent, be a guide, be a nurturer, be loving and above all protect me. And all of these people were doing the exact opposite. All of these people that were supposed to protect me were the ones that were hurting me the most in every way possible and I didn't know how to handle it and that was when I started acting out and instead of looking at my quote-unquote acting out now acting out when I was 14 and 15 was you know kissing a boy because I was raised in a cult which didn't believe in having any kind of relations with the opposite sex it was like it was so insanely legalistic And I was just like, I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know who I was. I had no sense of stability, no sense of security. And all I knew was that I didn't feel okay internally. I knew that there was something that was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. So I had no idea what the first step was to take. I had no idea what to do about anything. I I was just completely lost and when I was around when I was entering into what they call adulthood around 17 18 years old I got myself in some bad situations with some people that did not value me did not care about me and it was right around that time that I started to remember what what had happened to me but it was so blurry and it was so like I couldn't quite tell fully who it was and what had fully happened. And now I know that I just didn't want to accept the reality of the situation. I didn't want to accept that I'd had a family member that was abusing me when I was a child. Like it's just, you hear about it happening, but when it's happening to you, there's this inherent that's not possible. There's no way because you know this person. This person raised you. This person you grew up with. And yeah, maybe 
it felt very distant and disconnected and awkward at times. And I took a lot of responsibility on myself at at first saying, maybe I'm projecting this because we've always had a strained relationship. Maybe I am remembering things wrong. Maybe I, I just like saw it somewhere and I'm, I'm thinking that it's him. But that wasn't it. And that is what doing all of this healing work has helped me to realize. So flash forward a little bit. I had just moved to Nashville. I was a new mom. I had tons of mental health issues like you would not believe I mean I was anxious I was depressed I had suicidal tendencies um if I felt out of control of any situation ever then I would immediately spiral into not wanting to be here and fantasizing about the ways that I wouldn't be here and thank god that I already had my girls at that time because the second that they were born The second I had my first, I said, if I don't do anything else, I will make sure that I do not give them a childhood that they have to recover from. And that was what kept me going. That was the the one piece that I always had. The one piece that kind of grounded me into, if you leave, if you do this, you are repeating the cycle that so many have done before you that's a generational cycle within my family and you are doing to them exactly what was done to you just in a different way you're leaving them with these big open wounds that were caused by the person that was supposed to protect them the most and and it's a really heavy thought to think now that what had happened if I'd gone through with it but I'm still here. I have a tattoo of their astrological signs on my wrist to make sure I stay here as a reminder to never take that way out because as as much of a relief as it seems in the moment and had seemed in the moment, especially at that time when my marriage was falling apart, when I had severe postpartum depression and anxiety and I had no support, I had no help, I had nobody, not a single person was coming to me and saying, hey, what do you need? Like, you need help. You're not okay. Let me get you some resources. Let me see what I can do to help you. Every single person that was in my life, that was in my family at that time when I said, I'm not okay, I'm not okay. I'm having these awful thoughts about doing something to myself. I have depression and anxiety that is like catastrophic. Like you cannot convince me that things I'm thinking aren't real. Even though I know they're illogical, you cannot convince me that it's not going to happen. And it was sending me into this pitfall. And the people that were supposed to be there for me just looked at me and said, get your shit together. And it was just like all of this, I needed so much support during that time during all the years before when I was, you know, rebelling and and going against what my parents wanted and the time before that when I was showing all of these signs of being abused and everyone turned a blind eye to it. Like I needed so much that I never got. I needed so, I just needed someone to look at me and say, there's something going on. Let me help you because I love you and care about you. And I was so angry that that didn't happen. 
until I got older and I realized nobody was supposed to do that for me. I was supposed to do it for myself. That was the reality. All of these people that I that I chose to try and be a support for me did the opposite. They abandoned me when I needed it the most and it was because I was supposed to reparent myself. I was supposed to heal myself. I was supposed to do all of this for me. And when I was at that point where my mental health was just a complete mess, um, that was when I started having all of these physical symptoms in my body again, but they were different. It was severe exhaustion. Like I would sleep probably 12 to 14 hours a night and still wake up just beyond exhausted. I was 24 years old at the time, 24, 25 I was really healthy. I ran every day. Like there was something that was wrong with my body and I knew it. I knew there was something that was massive that was just, I honestly thought I had cancer. Like I was like, there's got to be something big that is causing this because this is not normal. I'm young. I watch my health. I, I should be feeling amazing. I should need to sleep 12 hours a night and wake up and feel so exhausted that I can't even sit down because I know I won't be able to get up again. Like there's something wrong. So I went to the doctor and thank God for her. She's a holistic doctor here in Nashville. And I went to her and I said, I explained all my symptoms. I just explained the symptoms. I told her nothing else. I told her none of my history, nothing. And she looked at me and she said did you ever encounter any kind of childhood sexual abuse? And my jaw fell on the floor. I was like, how? I I still, at that point, I knew something had happened, but I didn't fully know what or who. And I said, how did you know? And she said, because you're classic. Like, this this is textbook. Everything that you're experiencing is something that happened to you. And she said, look, I'm gonna give you a prescription of Xanax to help you out but I want you to do that in conjunction with this new form of therapy called EMDR therapy and she didn't tell me much about it she gave me the number of someone she recommended and said you know I'm gonna give you Xanax to kind of help your body calm down and and integrate and just relax but I want you to address the actual issues that are causing this and so I called up this therapist And I said, hey, I don't really know much about, you know, what, I don't really know much about what this is, but I need, I need some help here. She said, all right, so I had my first few appointments with her. And for those of you who don't know what EMDR is, it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's a form of therapy treatment that has been designed to reprogram your brain from traumatic memories. And this is something you need to understand about your brain. Think of your brain as a computer. This computer in your head runs everything that is happening. In those formative years, between the ages of zero to seven, your brain is creating an insane amount of new neural pathways. And these neural pathways are, think of them like programs, like computer programs that run everything going on in the background. These neural pathways teach you as a human how to exist in the world, how to anticipate things. It teaches you everything. These neural pathways control everything about 
all of the little things that you don't notice because people tend to think that you are ruled by your conscious thoughts and actually the opposite is true your subconscious the things that you are not thinking directly the thoughts that you are not intently trying to have are controlling 80 percent of what you do 80 percent of your brain is ruled by your subconscious thoughts so when you are born and you are learning and the environment that you're learning in is not safe it's not connected it's not protective it's disconnected it's abusive it's neglectful it's anything that it might have been then your brain is integrating that as reality but the human body is not supposed to exist in those conditions we are not made to exist in states where we are fearful and we are worried and we are hurt and we are in pain that's not how we're created to be so when your brain has all of these programs running in your subconscious that are controlling literally everything about your daily life your subconscious thoughts rule your reality and as your brain is running these programs and you're sitting here wondering why you feel so blocked and why it's so hard for you to move past this thing and why you're so triggered by that person and why everything happens the way it does it is because your subconscious is hardwired to look at things that way and so this is where this healing work is so incredibly important to the fullness and freedom of your life and that was something that once I started doing it it kept me going as hard as it was because it is hard you're reprogramming things that have been in there for years sometimes decades if you are you know, at the age that I am. (laughs) And it's hard. I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy. But that is why getting to the different methods and modalities that can heal not only your conscious mind, but your subconscious mind is, is the biggest kicker here. And things that look like conscious therapy are um maybe like talk therapy you know maybe just journaling positive affirmations those are all conscious things is there anything wrong with them no absolutely not if it helps you then keep doing it but for me specifically and for anyone with any kind of trauma that maybe it's not sexual abuse maybe your family was just not super emotionally connected maybe you weren't hugged enough as a child and yeah I know that's like a running joke like oh he wasn't hugged enough as a kid but like it's reality kids need an average of 20 hugs a day and it's hard to do that because we're busy people and you know maybe your trauma doesn't look like something that is you know on a scale of of being the level of some of the things you've seen the stories you've heard certain friends you have, um, different people you listen to, but it's not a scale thing. It doesn't mean that anyone's is more valid than the other. If you have things that need to be healed, it is up to you and only you to do the work to heal it. So I got into this EMDR therapy and it is very effective and incredibly painful. 
it is one of the hardest things I have done because what EMDR does is you have this kind of back and forth motion. It can either be tapping or it can be um, an eye movement where you look left to right and you kind of follow this, this, my therapist used a pointer or sometimes she would tap my knees. And what you're supposed to do while you're going through this reprogramming is you are supposed to put yourself back in the state that you were in when the trauma occurred. And that is one of the hardest things to do because your body and your mind is telling you, oh my God, we're back here. Things, this, this is awful. We're freaking out. Things are awful. And it can be really, really hard on your body and on your mind, which is why I took Xanax to kind of accompany it because it helped me keep it at a, a level where I could actually deal with it and not just spiral into a full-on panic attack where I went to suicide. Like it was, <laughs> it was definitely helpful. Um, so I was doing this EMDR work and I started to remember very, very clearly. Very, it wasn't like a thought. You know how you have some things that play and it's like a thought you have that's coming from a, a, an imaginative space. It's, it's an imagination. It's a thought that you can see as a picture, but it is imagination because it's not a memory. These were vivid, clear memories of specifically what had happened, who it was, how old I was. Like all of it just hit me. And it was one of the hardest things I'd gone through. But I still, when I got to a certain point with EMDR, I felt like there was something that I just wasn't allowing myself to go to. I wasn't allowing my mind to go to. I had these vivid memories. I had all of these experiences that I could put a finger on and say that happened for sure. But I felt like I was still doubting the reality of it. I had all these memories, but I didn't want to accept that what had happened had happened. I didn't want to accept that I was abused and and molested by a family member at a young age. Like it's just, it's so, it's so evil. It's so evil. And it's one of the hardest things to accept. So I hit this wall where I didn't want to accept the reality. And I remember listening to a podcast where someone was talking about doing ayahuasca and how it helped heal them. And I had never been tuned into psychedelics in my life. Like, it just wasn't my thing. I never tripped on anything. I was so afraid of not being in control of my mind and my body that, like, I just stayed so far away from it. It wasn't my thing. And I remember hearing... Um, this this guy Aubrey Marcus who I think he actually has a podcast of his own that's incredible I'm gonna link it but he was talking about how he did this ayahuasca trip and how much healing it brought him and I remember hearing it on the episode and thinking oh my god this is what I need but I was like going through a divorce dead broke at the time just not in a space where, you know, I could just go to like South America and spend $30,000 to do an ayahuasca trip. And this was back in like 2017, you know, when it wasn't as mainstream as, as it is now. No one had heard of ayahuasca back in 2017. And now it's like all of the influencers and celebrities are doing it, which that's great. That's awesome. Um, let's just keep it as, you know, as the practice that it's supposed to be and hold. 
a space for the sanctity of it and this and this how sacred it is supposed to be but I heard about that and just was like you know what when the time is right it's gonna come to me like I'm gonna figure out how to get past this block with a method that is outside of the EMDR therapy that I've done and the journaling I've done and so I reached out to somebody that helped me get started on doing mushrooms and I thought about just starting with microdosing because if you have not heard about microdosing psilocybin the mental benefits are astounding um it just it takes away the blocks and the ego and and allows you to see things as they really are some of my most creative work has come from microdosing specifically. But at the time, I had never done any of that. I'd never even touched it. I was so scared of having experiences that I, I was, I, I knew my subconscious was a dark and scary and heavy and sad place. And I didn't want to go there. I did not want to confront it. But at that point, I was so tired of being controlled by, by what had happened to me and I recognized that I was just fed up with this person who took my power away when I was at an age where I couldn't defend myself, still had power over me. I knew that as long as I was still acting in trauma responses, as long as I didn't know how to manage my emotions, as long as I was on medications to keep me from killing myself, as long as I could not react to situations in a normal way without spiraling, I could not manage calming myself down when I had panic attacks and I could not be alone. I knew that everything about the way that I was acting was rooted in my subconscious and it was all because of what he had done. So I said I need to do something big and I reached out to this person and I said I don't really know what I'm doing here but something in me is telling me that this is the right thing to do. I trust my intuition with all of this. And I had a high dose guided psychedelic trip. And I cannot emphasize enough to do extensive research before you do this because if you're not ready to confront your subconscious and face the things that that come up in these sessions, then it really will not benefit you. Um, I was ready for it. I was ready for it and I was still very scared when I was in it. I was ready to just deal with everything at once and I remember during the session being like, oh my god, this is so much. This is so heavy. This is so sad. I don't, I, I didn't feel like I could handle it at that moment but I was like, you know what? I'm already in this. I'm here. I need to just fully confront it and fully deal with it. And it ended up being one of the most pivotal experiences of my entire life was that trip. I still vividly remember every single detail of it. I journaled about it for days after I had it. And I felt like the EMDR had set me up to undo some of those layers of blocks that I'd had and have some of the memories I had. But having the guided psychedelic trip was what really just blew the lid off of everything that I thought I knew. And it took my ego away completely in those moments. And I had so much clarity 
an understanding of not only myself but the world the people around me where I'd come from like all of it just came into such a clear picture and it was an incredibly challenging but also beyond rewarding and special experience and I am much more comfortable talking about it um, in detail if you want to DM me. <laughs> this is kind of like a larger scale broadcast that I need to be careful about some of the things I say. But if I know you personally or if you want to reach out to me and ask more questions, you can because I know it's like kind of an out there thing to just like trip on mushrooms and like have all of your trauma confronted in this in this session. But, you know, that was why I definitely recommend to do it guided with someone who um is trained in that kind of thing you know don't don't just like trip with your friend in your basement and expect to have these healing revelations maybe it'll work for you but I personally would never (laughs) I could not I could not um so once that happened it was like I took the glasses off like I took these these rose-colored glasses that had been put on me to be like this is the way the world is and you can bury things down and that's how that is what society teaches you to society teaches you that your body and your mind are separate that one does not affect the other that there is a cure-all for every symptom that you have without actually getting to the root cause and after that experience I kept going to therapy, I kept doing EMDR, I kept uncovering more and more and more stuff. But it was so much easier to deal with because I felt like I had gotten the big thing out of the way. Like the most fucked up thing that happened to me when I was a kid was that I was sexually abused. And then it was like, oh, by the way, you have like mommy issues and like daddy issues. And, you know, there's like all of these things that you've experienced that are also really fucked up and be traumatic on their own. But like we needed to get the big thing out of the way so we could deal with like the small things that you need to accept and integrate and process and and be upset about. One of the things that I think women especially will do, I think everyone does it, but women are not allowed to be angry we are not allowed to display anger and every time something would come up in a session in an emdr session or in um, a journaling session for me i would just feel sad and yeah there are things that are sad but i remember my therapist looked at me and she she said when are you gonna get angry and i was like i'm no i'm just sad she goes no you're angry you're angry and she kept saying it over and over okay this is where it gets a little shaky she kept saying you're angry over and over and over again and she had me on the floor beating my fists into a pillow screaming it's not fair it's not fair and okay and um that was when I really started to feel like all of those emotions and all of the anger and all of the injustice and everything that I had just buried for years was finally coming out. And it was one of the most drastic realizations that I could have is that, you know, I wasn't just sad. 
I wasn't just like, oh, that's sad that that happened to me. Like, no, I was angry. I was angry at all of these people that had just completely destroyed me without any any thought to, you know, how it would affect me. They were only thinking of themselves and it really, really rocked me. But letting myself feel, just completely, unashamedly feel every single emotion and giving it space when it came up changed my life. And I think that's one of the biggest things that you can do in healing work. Maybe you don't have the resources or the time to look into EMDR therapy or to, you know, have a psychedelic mushroom trip. Like those are big things that really, really helped me. But what those things did, they were a modality to recognizing that I needed to reparent myself. And reparenting yourself looks like allowing the emotions that you were never allowed to experience to come up and accepting them, feeling no shame, feeling no guilt. Let yourself be fucking angry. Let yourself scream. Let yourself be be mad and, you know, do it alone or like with a therapist or in, in a journal because like I got kids. I can't just be like losing my shit and screaming, you know, but I can't tell you how many nights after they went to bed and I had these big feelings that I knew I had to deal with that they, it was just my my inner child feeling betrayed and feeling upset and feeling all of these things that she was never allowed to feel. And I said, all right, it's time for you to feel this stuff. It's time for you to have a space to feel. And I would just scream into a pillow and, and be so raging, angry, and cry like like not just like cry like a little pretty you know tear coming down my cheek I mean like ugly cry where you're blubbering and you feel like your insides are gonna come out like it is so deep and the the more it's been suppressed and the more you've been through the heavier it's gonna be to get it out but it is worth it it is worth it to let yourself feel those feelings and to just be able to sit with yourself sit with the little kid that was never allowed to express those things and say it's okay you're safe I got you I got us like let it out be you be upset be whatever you need to be this is a safe space and that reparenting work is going to start changing your life because the more you clear these things from your subconscious the more you just give these these feelings and these emotions and these experiences space the more that they lose their power and the more you can just accept kind of from a a third party view of like that happened to me it sucks it's not fair I could still get upset talking about it but it doesn't rule my everyday life I don't I don't act the way that I used to I don't think the way that I used to. I don't have the scarcity mindset that I used to have. I don't have the constant fear that everything is going to go wrong and everyone's going to hurt me because that's what's happened historically. I don't operate the same way because I started actually dealing with these things instead of burying them down. And 
there are definitely a lot of different motives that can help with that. I, you know, I've read a lot. I've read so much about how to heal your subconscious. I look at, I, I read so many articles <laughs> that are all about healing your subconscious. I listen to sound frequencies every night because that is when your subconscious in your, I think it's your theta state. Please don't come for me if it's not theta, but I'm, I believe it's theta. That's when your theta state, your subconscious state is most prevalent is when you're sleeping. So I listen to sound frequencies. I listen to subconscious release meditations. I journal a lot. I write a lot. And the more that I write, the more that I feel things are clear and they come out. I allow myself space to feel what I'm feeling and I deal with it in the way that it should have been dealt with since I was a kid. You know, and since doing all of these things, I have gotten off all medication that I used to be on. I used to be on SSRIs. I used to be on Xanax. Um, and they just didn't help me. I felt like they were keeping me alive, but I felt like a shell of myself. I felt like I still wanted to escape this world. I felt like I still wanted to end things, but I wasn't at the place where I could because of these medications. And if they keep you alive then do what you got to do. Like I'm not advocating for anyone to just come off their medications that they need to, but I think it's important to look at what is this coming from? Because I could have just said, I'm depressed, I'm suicidal, I'm anxious, but I knew there was a deeper reason why. And it turns out that I'm a lot better at managing my emotions and my shit than I thought I was. I just never gave myself the chance. <laughs> I spent so many years burying all of this stuff down thinking that it was never going to affect me and I could just forget about it and live a happy life and it rules everything and that's the reality of it but it doesn't have to. It does not have to. That's why reprogramming your subconscious will change your entire life because if your subconscious guides everything and your subconscious is operating from unhealthy pathways that were created when you were a child that are not your fault, that you do not owe responsibility for, that people let you down and they were supposed to do things that they didn't. And now you're here carrying the burden. You're here carrying the baggage. But it is your responsibility to do what they didn't do and heal so that you don't continue those cycles. It is your responsibility to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love you enough to do this hard work. Because that's what it is. It's not just about having, you know, a happy life. It's not just about healing so that you're a better version of yourself for your kids or your partner or your friends or your work or your family. It's not just about breaking the cycles so that it stops with you. It is about the greatest act of self-love that you can give. It's self-acceptance. It's allowing yourself to have all of the needs met by you that were supposed to have been met by other people. And it's saying, I love me enough to do the work. I love me enough to do the hard work where I'm neglecting my numbing vices of going out, drinking alcohol, having meaningless sex, having meaningful sex, having like all, you know, you know what your band-aids are. 
you know what band-aids you are putting on those bullet wounds and saying this is fine no one can see it so I'm fine I can't see it so I'm fine it's still there it's still messing you up inside and it's hard but you can do it you can do it there's not a single thing that you are not equipped to handle there's not a single thing that you can uncover that's going to take you down you're still here you're going to continue to still be here and start small start peeling back those layers start honoring and loving yourself enough to say i don't need to change overnight i don't need to do this all at once i'm just gonna do it a little bit each day i'm gonna start reprogramming my mind to catch myself when i start to spiral or when i start to think these thoughts that i know aren't me i'm going to show myself love by finding different ways that work for me to reprogram my brain and I'm going to start moving differently. I'm going to start acting differently. I'm going to start acknowledging the reality of what I've been through and how hard it was and how justified I am to be upset. And I'm going to show myself all of the love and acceptance that I didn't get when I needed it. And I'm at my capacity. <laughs> I have been doing this healing work for many, many, many years now probably going on five or six years and it's always a process and it gets a little bit easier every day but it's still pretty draining to talk out loud about all of the things that were hard for me so I'm leaving on this note um if you need some resources if you if you need you know a space to talk if you need to share anything with me surrounding this matter i am definitely available you can dm me you can email me my email is hello at by and my instagram is by dot kennedy guys thank you so much for letting me share this i hope it was helpful i hope that you feel a little more encouraged and supported because that is all i want for everyone that listens to this is to know that they can do it And if you feel like no one else in the world is rooting for you, I am and I promise I am. I promise you've got at least one cheerleader here in Nashville that even if I don't know who you are, I'm sending you all of my love and positive energy. I love you guys. I will talk to you next week.